During 2016, we've been preaching on purpose, working our way through the five-fold purpose of the church, worship, evangelism, fellowship, discipleship, and ministry. And currently, we're in a series of lessons about discipleship. The Greek word for disciple, didaskalos, means a pupil, a learner, a student, one who sits at the feet of a master teacher, in our case, Jesus, learning from His instruction and becoming like Him in our attitudes, actions, and words. Now, I've chosen this title for the series, Under Construction, because I believe that best describes what a true disciple is. He or she is a work in progress. We are truly under construction in the process of becoming like Jesus in all that we think and do and say. None of us have arrived at that goal yet. None of us is a finished disciple yet. We're all still sitting at Jesus' feet, learning from Him. We're still discovering, aren't we, what Jesus wants us to be and to do. Under construction. Last Sunday we began this series by talking about how a disciple follows the Master. This morning, our second lesson will focus on a disciple commits to membership. More specifically, we're going to study what the Bible says about being a member at Springfield as we use the term partner of a local church. And so we are, in fact, under construction. A disciple commits to membership. Let's begin today's lesson by reading about the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2. And uh, this is the day of Pentecost. So follow along in your Bible as I read. Acts chapter 2, we pick it up with verse 36, which is the tail end of Peter's Pentecost sermon. And Peter says, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. That's us, folks. For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Notice those words at the end of verse 41 and 47. Were added to their number that day. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Simply put, this is talking about how these new disciples were added to the membership of the local church in Jerusalem. As they were added to the universal 
church. So they were also added to the local church. Now from the very outset of our study of membership this morning, I believe it's critical that we understand that when the Bible talks about being added as a member of the body of Christ, that membership, in fact, finds its expression in the local church. Dr. John Piper explains it this way. The body of Christ universally is expressed in the bodies of Christ locally. To belong to the body of Christ means in the New Testament to belong to a body of Christ. And say that again because that's very, very threatening for many Lone Ranger Christians. To belong to the body of Christ in the New Testament meant to belong to a body of Christ. They weren't separate. They were like, oh, I'm a part of the universal church and I just cruise. I just go from church to church and small group to small group and parachurch ministry to parachurch ministry and I have no roots like this anywhere. That's not biblical. Under construction. A disciple commits to membership. Here's the underlying principle in this morning's lesson. Fill in the blanks there in your notes, would you? My purpose as a Christian is realized only as a functioning member of the body of Christ, the local church. There's no such thing, as Dr. Piper said, as a lone ranger Christian. All believers are a part of God's family, the church. And although this family is in fact universal in its scope, it is local in its expression. Each individual disciple should associate himself or herself with a local fellowship of Christians where he or she can worship and serve God. We are under construction. And a disciple commits to Membership. As we consider what it means to be a member or a partner here at Springville Church of the Nazarene, let's begin with our story. The Springville Church of the Nazarene, also known as First Church of the Nazarene Springville, can be traced back to 1945 when two ladies, Ada Foes and Mary Williams, began holding prayer meetings here in Springville. In 1947, A.J. and Millie Stillian, Mary Williams' daughter, moved to Springville and opened their home for services. The church hired its first pastor, Harold Beeson, in 1949. The present building right here at the corner of Leonard and Ward, where we're meeting today, was built in 1951. And the church was officially organized on January the 20th, 1952. In the 54-plus years since then, the church has been served by 16 different pastors, many of them part-time or bivocational. Springville Church of the Nazarene is affiliated with a group of churches known internationally as the Church of the Nazarene. With over 26,000 local churches in 156 countries around the globe, the Nazarene movement traces its roots to the camp meetings of the late 19th century and the spontaneous beginning of churches that were preaching biblical holiness. With general church headquarters in the Kansas City, Missouri area, the church is organized into six regions across the globe. The U.S.-Canada region, 
the Mesoamerica region, the South America region, the Eurasia region, the Asia Pacific region, and the Africa region. And within each of these regions are districts led by a district superintendent and an elected district advisory board. For instance, Springville NAS is a part of what is called the Central California District, led by District Superintendent Rob Songer, composed of 68 different Nazarene churches up and down the Central Valley. Now, I began serving this church on a part-time basis in January of 2011 while I was still working full-time for Lowe's. After suffering a stroke in September 2013, which, by the way, I look at as God's way of slowing me down, <laughs> maybe, and of getting my attention to be able to step away from the marketplace and back into ministry, which I had been in for 40 years, uh, exclusively once again. And although I remain part-time, I'm praying that as the church has been growing, I will be able to actually step into this pastor's role full-time in the near future. I would ask that you pray with me about that, would you? That's our story. Now, let's talk about our statements. Beginning with our purpose statement. The Scriptures are clear and concise concerning what God intends for the church to be and to do. Our study of the Bible has led us to two key passages in the New Testament which we believe summarize the overall purpose of the church. The first we call the Great Commandment. The Great Commandment, Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? This was His reply. Let's read it out loud together. Would you read it with me? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The Great Commandment. The second key passage is the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus gives these marching orders to the church. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And so it was from these two key passages we can identify five core values for Springville Church of the Nazarene. You're probably getting to know these. The first, of course, is worship, where Jesus tells us we're to love the Lord. We value a lifestyle that honors God both individually and congregationally. The second is evangelism. Jesus says go and make Disciples, we value lost people and their need for a saving relationship with Jesus. The third is fellowship. Baptizing them, Jesus says. Whatever else baptism may symbolize, it certainly talks about the moment of connection with Christ and with other believers. We value community where believers work together to develop stimulating relationships that benefit one another. The next is discipleship. Teaching them to obey everything, Jesus says. We value spiritual growth in each believer as he or she pursues Christ-like maturity. And then the final core value is ministry. Love your neighbor, Jesus says. We value serving others with the resources that God provides through each of us as believers. 
That brings us to our vision statement. A vision statement is a broad, global sentence about where we believe God is leading Springville Naz. It paints a word picture of the final destination, if you will. The result of living out our core values of worship, evangelism, fellowship, discipleship, and ministry. As we live those out, we want to become this. Springville Naz will be an irresistible community where people discover and develop a life-changing relationship with Christ. That's who we want to be. We want to be an irresistible community. That speaks of love, by the way. People are drawn to love. As we love God, as we love each other, as we love our neighbors, people are drawn to that. An irresistible community. People want to be a part of it. Where we are helping people discover and develop a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Which brings us then to our faith statement. Springville Church of the Nazarene stands under the authority of the Word of God, the Bible, as our rule of faith and practice. And someone once put it this way, where the Bible speaks, we speak. Where the Bible is silent, we are silent. And therefore, at Springville Naz, you won't find a man-made written creed that we impose on people. There are no, in fact, articles of faith, if you will, that we require every member or partner to accept. However, as we have studied the Bible and walked with Christ, we have come to believe and teach a few things. And so in your notes, I put a little statement today, our faith statement, beliefs. I'm, I'm going to ask that you not read that right now. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that this is right out of the Bible. Okay, This is right in the middle of the road, conservative Christianity. We are a Bible church here. We use Bible names for Bible things. We teach Bible principles in Bible ways. It's all about and around the Word of God, the Bible. You can read that later. That's just kind of a summary of some of the things. Because I get asked all the time, what, so what do you believe? You know, well, here's kind of a statement of that, if you will. Okay? Springfield Church of the Nazarene is not uh, an ecclesiastical institution a service organization or a religious party. We are people. Can we remember that? We are people. This church is people. It's not an organization, folks. It's us. We are the church. May we never forget that. We're committed to being no respecter persons. This local church is for everyone. Young or old, rich or poor, male or female, black or white. We turn away no seeker after God. And therefore, our members, our partners, come from a variety of different backgrounds and doctrinal persuasions. But we have a oneness in Christ that binds us together in a love so strong that it doesn't allow us to be separated over differences of opinion or interpretation of Scripture. Long ago, a fellow disciple coined this phrase, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, love. I like that. It's our desire to unite around the essentials of the Bible and to give loving freedom in areas of opinion. We don't claim to be a perfect church. Rather, we're a fellowship of the imperfect desiring to grow into the perfect image of God's Son, Jesus Christ. So that's our purpose, vision, and faith statement, which brings us to our strategy. 
It's not enough to merely define our purpose as a church or even to communicate it. There must be a strategy to make certain that the fivefold purpose of the church is being implemented in balance. There must be a plan to help this vision become a reality. There must be a method to ensure that the important tenets of faith are being consistently taught. So to help us accomplish this, Springville NAS is organized around two important strategies. Those of you that were here about a year ago will remember I preached a sermon at that time called The Purpose of the Church. And we spent two Sundays talking about these. So this will be kind of a review. But you know what? We need that review. It's kind of like spring training every year. (laughs) When they come together to begin to play baseball, I remember being at a spring training event one time, the very first meeting of the team coming together. These are professional baseball players now. And the coach, the manager, gathered the whole team around home plate. (laughs) And he said, this is home plate. That's first base. That's second base. That's third base. This is a bat. This is a ball. The bat is meant to hit the ball. This is a glove. The glove is meant to catch the ball. I mean, he just kind of went through all that and you're thinking, to professional baseball player? Yeah, because we need to be reminded of the basics. We've got to keep coming back to this. And so I do this morning, first with the five circles of commitment. You see them in your notes and up here on the screen. As we are pursuing God's purpose together, we need to be aware of these five circles of the commitment levels of people so that we know which of the five purposes applies to each person. Let me explain that. The broadest circle, you'll notice, is the community. That's the pool of lost people who live within a reasonable driving distance of this church's facilities. They could come to church here if they desired to do so. Did you know that there are 2,879 people who live within the 93265 zip code, 934 of which live within the city limits of Springville itself? The most recent survey of the churches in our area indicate that less than 500 of these people, actually only about 16%, are in any church on any given weekend. Now obviously the purpose that applies to this circle is evangelism. At least 84% of the people living in our community, your neighbors and my neighbors, do not know Jesus Christ as the forgiver and leader of their lives. The question is, what are we, Springville Church of the Naz, actively and intentionally doing to take the good news to these lost people? Now the next largest circle in is the crowd. That represents the attendees who pass through our doors during the course of any given year. Believers and unbelievers, by the way, the best I can estimate from our records, about 110 different people have come through this door for something during the past year. 110 different people. Now the focus here is worship. What I call guest-friendly worship. Some of you have heard me use that term before. What do I mean by guest-friendly worship? Simply I mean this. When you have company over to your house for the first time, You put your best foot forward, don't you? You roll out the red carpet. Maybe not literally, but you know what I mean. You put on your best hospitality. You cook a good meal. You might even get out your best dishes. Not if they've been there before. Then you use paper plates. But you know what I mean. You know, you you put your best foot forward, right? Yeah, that's what we do. Well, that's the same thing we're trying to do on Sunday mornings in our corporate worship. 
We're trying to put our best foot forward, providing the best music, providing the best teaching, good fellowship. I mean, we, we want this to be a place where somebody who's new can come in and feel welcome. Feel like, wow, those people are kind of special. I kind of like to be around them more often. <laughs> it's called hospitality. Guest-friendly worship. If we can connect people with God, you see, if we can create a time and a moment where people encounter God, I call it have a God moment. I pray every Sunday that we will have a God moment for each person. It may be a different moment for you than it is for the person sitting next to you, but that we'll all have a God moment. And when that happens, lives are changed. Then there's the congregation. The next circle is. That's the people who officially commit to membership or partnership at Springville Naz. Right now, that's about 30 of us. And the focus here is fellowship, being a church that people can call home, a place to belong, to connect with other Christ followers. The committed circle represents those members and partners who commit to getting serious about their spiritual growth. And the focus here is discipleship. People who are involved in a small group who are tithing faithfully, who are spending time alone with God each and every day in His Word and prayer, who are generally taking advantage of any and all opportunities to relentlessly pursue maturity, becoming like Jesus. And then the core at the very center, the inner circle, is the people who commit to serving and leading here at Springville Now, Now, of course, the focus here is ministry. Serving according to one shape, S-H-A-P-E. Some of you have been saying, when are we going to talk about shape? Well, next month. During the month of July, we're going to spend every Sunday talking about spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. Your shape, S-H-A-P-E. Now these five circles of commitment help us to keep a balanced approach as a church as we seek to move people, you see, from the community into the crowd, the crowd into the congregation, the congregation into the committed, and the committed into the core. That brings us to the second strategy that we call the life development process. It might show up better in your notes than it does up here on the screen. It's kind of small, I know. But as we're pursuing God's fivefold purpose together, we can chart our progress by this life development process. Now you all recognize that looks like a baseball diamond, right? I already used that illustration earlier. But you know, that's America's game, yeah. You know? Now a person gets to first base as he or she makes a commitment to Jesus Christ as the Savior and Lord. That's the process of knowing Christ, evangelism. A person gets to second base as he or she makes a commitment to Springville Naz as his or her church home. This is what we're talking about specifically in today's lesson. Membership or partnership. It's the process of connecting in Christ. Fellowship. A person gets to third base as he or she makes a commitment to seriously pursue spiritual maturity. That's the process of growing in Christ, what we call discipleship. A person gets to home plate as he or she makes a commitment to serving God and others according to his or her shape. That's the process of serving Christ or ministry. And all of this, as you see there in the heart of the core of the baseball diamond, springs forth from the all-encompassing commitment to honoring and glorifying God in everything we do individually and congregation. That's the process of worshiping Christ. Now, of course, our goal at Springville Church of the Nazarene is to move people around the bases, right? As we pursue God's purpose as a church, as in baseball, we don't want to leave any runners stranded on base. 
We want to see them all come all the way around to home. The five circles of commitment, the life development process, that's our strategy, which brings us to our final main point today, and that's our steps. Our steps. Maybe you listen to this and you say, okay, I can be on board with that. Count me in. I'd like to be a partner with the people and the purpose of this local church. So, how do I place my membership at Springville Church of the Nazarene? What steps do I need to take to officially partner with this local church right here? I am so glad you asked that question. (laughs) But before I answer it, first of all, let me share with you why you should make that commitment. Let me share with you what the Bible says about why you should become a member or a partner here at Springville Naz. Very briefly, I think six key words sum it up. The first word is identity. Identity. Becoming an official member of the local church where you attend is a statement of identification. It lets the church, the world, God, even the enemy, Satan himself, know right where you stand. It's saying, hey, count me in. It's a statement of identity. The second word is the word accountability. Becoming an official partner of a local church where you attend is a biblical act of submission. We don't like that word, I know, but it's a biblical word and it's a good word. Placing yourself in accountability to the pastor and leaders of a local fellowship of believers. That's biblical, folks. We are all, yes, under Christ, but Christ has ordained that we should be under the leaders of a local church as we are under Christ. That's biblical. Accountability. Thirdly, you should become a member here because of loyalty. (laughs) Becoming an official member of the local church where you attend is an indication of one's loyalty. And a whole new level of opportunity opens up to the person who says, I'm on board, count me in, I'm in alignment with the purpose and direction of this local body of believers. Folks, in a world where loyalty and devotion, commitment is woefully lacking. More than ever before, I think this is so critical that we declare our loyalty and allegiance. We make a commitment. Fourth, unity. Becoming an official partner of the local church where you attend enhances the unity that Jesus desires. What was Jesus' prayer, His high priestly prayer before He left this earth? God, that they may be one even as you and I are one. Them and us and I and them. I mean, He just prayed for unity. A oneness. And when we join hearts and hands to pursue one purpose and direction together, God empowers the local church to do mighty things. One can send a thousand to flight, but two can send ten thousand to flight. Imagine what fifty can do. It's all about the unity we have in Christ. And then the fifth reason you ought to become a member of the church is maturity. Becoming an official member of the local church where you attend opens doors for both individual and, by the way, also congregational maturity. The local church is simply the best environment for discipleship. The best place for us to grow up and become all that God wants us to be is right here in the local church. Getting some roots down. Maturity. And then finally, number six is visibility. Visibility. Becoming an official partner of the local church where you attend increases the visibility of your witness to the community and to the world. I want to remind you, the world is watching you. The world is listening to you. One 
of you, in fact, came to me a few months back and placed, I won't say his or her, I'll just say his or her, membership with us, became a partner at Springville Nas for this very reason. They were talking to a friend about Jesus. They were talking to a friend about the church and this friend who was not a believer said to them, oh, so you're inviting me to come to the church where you're a member. And this person had to go, oops, uh, no, <laughs> I'm not. And it was like the air, this person told me this, it's like the air just went out of the balloon. <laughs> and they just lost the whole effectiveness of their witness. And they came to me that very week after this happened. They said, I'm going to do this, man. I am going to put my roots down. I am going to become a partner here at Springville Nath. Because I'm going to be able to say to people, come with me to church. Come with me and be a part of this church that I belong to, that I'm a part of. It raises the visibility. It enhances your testimony. Now, with those reasons in mind then, here are the simple steps that you can take to become a partner or a member at Springville Church of the Nazarene this morning. I put them there in your notes, didn't I? I think. Okay. Step number one, of course, is that you need to affirm your personal commitment to Jesus Christ as the forgiver and the leader of your life. I mean, obviously, you must be a Christ follower, a disciple, in order for you to be a partner here with us, a member. Step number two is you can complete a partnership covenant. Now, I just happen to have one of those for you. In your notes, you'll see this little slip of paper says partnership covenant on it. It's very simple. Would you take it out and look at it while I'm looking at mine? I just want to walk you through this. In fact, I'm going to more than walk you through it. I'm going to challenge you that if you have not made this commitment this morning, today's the day. Right now, you can fill this out. Right now, you can get this ready and you can become a partner. You can become a member here at Springville Nas. It says at the top, having been saved from my sins through faith in Jesus Christ, I desire to partner with the family of believers at Springville Church of the Nazarene. There's a little box to check there. I've studied our story, our statements, our strategy, and our steps, which you just did, okay? And agree to support this local church with my resources, time, talents, and treasures. And then you sign that right there. So you can take your pen right now and you can do that. And then print your name underneath it just in case we can't read your signature. And date it June the 19th, 2016. And then give us the rest of that information, your address and everything, just so we make sure that we have all of that there, okay? So I'm going to pause right here. I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this. I'm challenging some people right now who need to make this commitment to step up to the plate and make this the day that you sign on the dotted line. Literally. It's not dotted, it's solid, but that's okay. You understand what I mean. Make this commitment today, would you? And fill this out. It asks the question, have you been baptized? Yes or no? We have plenty of these, Bill. You don't have to do it separately. You can do it together. Couples can do it together. Oh, you've got years. Hey, I'm listening, man. <laughs> So that's how you fill it out, okay? You fill out that form. Step number three, I will then sign that form and I'll return it to you along with a beautifully framed partnership covenant certificate, okay? That you'll be able to treasure, I hope, for years to come. 
uh, that certifies the day that you made this commitment to become a partner or a member of the church. So, you fill those out and you can hand them to me at the back door as you leave today because I'm going to plant myself right back there in anticipation that many of you will make this commitment today. And let me say this. Can I say this? It really is all this simple. After completing these steps, your name will be announced as a new partner both in our Sunday morning worship service and in the next edition of our Springville NAS News, which is our monthly newsletter. Now, if you have any questions or you would like to discuss this a little bit further with me, I want you to take your communication card. Uh, hello? Now's the time to tear that off if you haven't already done so. And I, on that communication card, I want you to check that box that says, Talk to Pastor Mark. Come on, folks, let's get this taken care of. If there's any hesitation whatsoever, if there's any reasons you want to discuss about why you can't make this decision or you won't make this decision at this moment in time, let's get it all out, huh? Come on, we're family here. We don't need to be holding this back any longer. We kind of step around the elephant in the room sometimes on this. Let's quit that. Let's kick the elephant and get the elephant out of the way. And let's talk about this. So, if you cannot fill this out, or you won't fill this out this morning, and hand it to me at the door, then at least check that box and say, hey, I'll, I'll talk to you, Pastor Mark, about this. I'll, I'm willing to do that. Let's have a little discussion about it. Please, please, let's do that. If there's anything hindering you from making this commitment, let's get together and let's talk it through. Alright? I kind of got in your face this morning, didn't I? I'm not going to apologize for that. Under construction. This morning we talked about how a disciple commits to membership. Let's close by reading 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 25 through 28 out loud together. Would you read this with me? The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a local church. Every part dependent on every other part. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of the local body does your part mean anything. I've said enough. I just want to pray. Alright? Would you let me do that? I want to pray for you right now. Bow your head with me if you would. Father God, we talked about an important subject this morning, I believe. A subject that's often neglected in our world today where there's very little commitment it seems at times. And so I'm praying for these people right now. In fact, I want to just walk up and down the aisle, God, and pray for these people. I pray, God, that You would give them the courage if they need to step up to the plate this morning and make this commitment, You would give them the courage to do that right now. I pray, God, whatever hesitations, whatever nervousness there may be about this, You would just set that aside. That You would make them feel comfortable that this is a place they can belong, a place they can call home. It's Your family. And none of us are perfect. I know there's some people here this morning who have been through some hurts in the past at churches. And they might be hesitant to say, I don't know if I want to make a commitment here or not. But I pray that 
they'll realize that love has to risk. You can't withdraw into yourself. You've got to risk. You've got to take another chance. You've got to do that. We've got to step up to the plate. God, right now, more than anything, in Springville, we need believers who are going to step up to the plate and make it happen. May we be that kind of fellowship, I pray. Please, Lord, may we be that kind of fellowship. That we could make an eternal difference in the foothills. That we could see people coming to know You like never before in this community. That we would be a church that loves You and loves each other and loves the world in a way that's irresistible. That people could come to this place and become a part of who we are, our fellowship, as they too discover and develop a life-changing relationship with Jesus just as we are. So we bring us, Lord, bring us right now to this time of commitment and bless those who would fill out this form today and say, yes, yes, I'll be a partner. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.